0: Trigger warning, this episode will contain some very depressing things such as talking about war, the various negative effects it has not just on human life but on our environment and climate, and uh, just some talks about how the situation may appear hopeless. So don't be sad. If you feel like you're already hearing too much about war right now, it's okay. You can save this for later or just skip it.
1: You're listening to Green Rapids. Dun, dun, dun. Spooky stuff, because it's October. And by spooky, we mean actually really terrifying and scary and horrendous. Seriously terrifying. More scary than Friday the 13th. -hmm. More scary than the 31st itself. Mm -hmm. Dia de los Muertos.
0: Dia de los Muertos is not meant to be scary. But
1: it's scarier than a bunch of skeletons (laughs) (laughs) running
0: around. Than your dead (laughs) relatives visiting you.
1: It is the U.S. military spending budget. (laughs) And not not just their budget, but also uh, their budget because of the emissions that they give out. Um, So we just kind of want to touch on it. Um, I think it's unfortunately very relevant right now. And the cost of war is just not in dollars. It is Mm -hmm. in our health and it is in carbon emissions Mm -hmm. and so much more than that. Yes. Um, We thought we would do this episode because due to
0: current events, war has been in our mind Um, we've been thinking a lot about not just the horrific effects that it has on citizens and people but also just like the effects that it has on the environment and the climate too because those
1: things at the end end up really you know they hold those scars right yeah they absolutely do and like it's so hard to not wake up and think about it every single day or see it all the time and I don't even necessarily feel like I shouldn't be seeing it. Like, I want to be informed. But part of being informed is understanding, like, what it's doing to our livelihood beyond the stress and beyond the trauma mm-hmm. and the emotion that we're feeling while we're in this experience. Yeah. Um. So, and sorry. And the trauma is real, dude. It, it is. It's so real. and And you don't really know what to do. With that trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, where do you expel it? How do you get rid of it? How do you talk about somebody else's trauma as a part of your process? Um, It's really hard. So, um, really, we don't necessarily want to get into the details of um, what's going on right now between Israeli government... uh, Versus the Palestinian people? Well, people... But of gaza mm-hmm. and also um you know we don't really want to get into those details as much as we want to talk about what the repercussions of war is going to do mm-hmm. even after all of the destruction
0: yeah and i do want to say just for the public record it's not because we're trying to be centrists or moderates or anything no. like we do have really really strong feelings about this um but you know, we're not experts, right? Like, you and I are just not experts in, like, those, like, social sciences or um, the history of what's going on there just because, like, so much of this is, like, just being kind of brought to our attention, right? Like, it is kind of, like, a trending topic on social media also. Um, and we are full of grief um, for that, but we won't speak on it just because, like I said, we are... We're going to stay in our lane. Yeah, well, when
1: we would like to keep these conversations simply about the... The climate, Mm -hmm. right? Um, War is not anything that somebody wants to do. It's not something that I support. Um, in most cases that I've been able to see in my existence I don't know that I've ever felt it necessary to use violent force in that way Mm -hmm. Um, and and more than anything just the practice of having a such a large military presence Mm -hmm. um, such a large uh, department of defense Mm -hmm. um, it. It totals for seventy-seven to eighty percent of all carbon emissions in our country. Oof. So, uh, so we're talking about removing ourselves from the equation almost mm-hmm. completely. Because if if we get rid of our reasons for war, we get rid of our preparations for war we get rid of the destruction um, from the co2 emissions and and another chemical Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess we can just go ahead and start with this incredibly tough topic Mm -hmm. Uh, but we do just want to remind people that there are more reasons than one side or another to ask for the 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 investment of our dollars in this space to be halted Mm -hmm. Um, it is just simply not good for our health in any aspect
0: yeah and that yeah and just and for generations too right like a lot of this stuff has like impacts
1: well i mean war has the the past wars before mm-hmm. n- you know uh, 2001 have impacted people's health and are still impacting their health i mean think about think about the places where they've used nuclear forces which mm-hmm. we'll get into um, who are still dealing with the repercussions from their land. They cannot access it. You can't mm-hmm. grow stuff there. People in th- and the wildlife there have just been left completely to um, the repercussions of that. Yeah. So um, one example that actually Nancy brought up um, when we were talking about this, uh, to get just getting started, is um, nuclear testing on Navajo reservations. Um, in the f- uh, 1940s, through the 19, uh, 1958, um, they did 67 nuclear weapon testings on uh, Navajo people, mm-hmm. and um, in their area. And uh, as we know, you know this is not something that's new in our country uh, that we definitely uh, mistreat indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. <coughs> It's the repercussions that that will lead to so much further down the road. And yeah. the impact that it's left on their communities, on top of all of the other destruction that we've brought, um, it can't really be undone. Um, you, people will be born with birth defects, um, they will have trouble growing food in those spaces, um, and that leaves them completely left to health issues. Mm-hmm. And uh to be just for
0: clarification those 67 nuclear weapons were tested in what is now known as the Republic of the Marshall Islands. Um so some of the effects of that radiation were poisoning, birth defects, leukemia, and thyroid disease and a couple of other cancers. Um and those residents were still experiencing those effects more
1: than 75 years later. Oh, you know. Which is, I mean, and then it takes you into generations and generations of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is why it's important to understand that today we will be dealing with this 80 years from now if we don't chill out. Yeah. Um, So another example just of um, what it kind of leaves us with. Uh, So we mentioned PFAS earlier in our season um, and PFAS is... um, used for as like a natural retardant or mm. a natural repellent and so with people will use it um, on surfaces so that they won't get impacted by water damage but then we also use it on things to monitor fire mm. um, so what they use to monitor jet fuels and then also any kind of destruction that happens in their practices they will spray with like a of, like i said a fire retardant something mm-hmm. that's going to stop it um, but there's pfos in that and actually what? in michigan um there is an old base and it's called camp grayling mm-hmm. and it's right by a body of water and there is pfos contamination found there Surprise, and
2: surprise. yeah
1: and, and so this is something you know from years ago That is still being found today. Um, And and so the repercussions of having a testing site in our space can also just be simply like the drinking water in your area can Mm -hmm. be contaminated or impacted or the groundwater without you even realizing it. Yeah. Um, And this is something that we might not find until years later. Um, So. Just a few more facts for you, uh, really to highlight some of the destruction that war can bring and not just the physical,
0: yeah, not just in the human life aspect, but also just like in like the environment, like as a sphere, right? Like as a system. Kind of related to what you were talking about, jet fuel. In 2017, the U.S. actually uh, spilled 84,000 gallons of jet fuel into a waterway in Norfolk, uh, Virginia, and it's like we like the fact that we're doing it like uh, on our own land, right? Yep. like means like if that's how little they care in general, like imagine what they're doing overseas or like in other countries. Dude,
1: totally. And and as you're saying this, I can also I have another 2017 fact. Mm. Um, the DoD Department of Defense spent more than 3.5 billion dollars to heat, cool, and provide electricity. Uh, to all of their facilities. And so when we talk about oil spills, mm-hmm. the same year that they're spending $3.5 billion just to keep those facilities running, mm-hmm. um, on top of them using fossil fuels to power these facilities, uh, we're talking about a lot of carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. And this is in one single year. Um, and, you know, we are still technically in the war in Iraq somehow um, um but like 2017 this is what 16 years after that war truly mm-hmm. started to come to life yeah. unfortunately mm-hmm. Um, post 9-11 so i mean s- post 9-11 uh we have been responsible for one thousand two hundred and sixty seven metric tons of greenhouse gases or co2 equivalents mm-hmm. um a- and we ag- like i mentioned at the beginning uh we are the dod is responsible for 77 to 80 percent of all u.s energy consumption oh that's so, so gross. we're talking about Thousands of metric tons
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, going into our atmosphere. We were talking about billions of dollars going into heating and cooling facilities. And then also millions.
0: Yeah. used to just go down the drain. Just down uh, the drain. Kind of similarly, um, I was also reading, because you know, I was doing some research for this episode. And I found out that the US, if the U.S. military was a country... It would be the forty
1: seventh highest emissions total worldwide. And and to give you some context, there are three hundred forty million people in the United States mm-hmm. and there are one point four million active military personnel. So those one point four million are producing
0: what you think it's like half of what the rest of the population over does. half. Over half. Over the rest of the population does like in total
1: in total emissions, and then also to your point, mm-hmm. if there that would be 1.4 million people mm-hmm. and facilities in a country being 46th in ranks for carbon emissions. And there's 195 countries in the world,
0: and which means we so we rank we rank 47th in carbon emissions. That means we're in like the top what almost quarter ish. I mean, it's just under 200, so it's like right under that so quarter
1: top emission mark. A portion of the actual people in the U.S. are responsible for creating emissions larger than the top percent of mm-hmm. this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Disgusting. we really have to like break it down. Like when you really think about what goes into all of these expenses and then what those expenses are actually used to do, mm-hmm. um, they're Their wars are literally destroying our climate. Yeah. So even if we all stopped driving our cars today Mm -hmm. and we all had solar panels and we all had renewable energy powering every aspect of our existence, our country would still be responsible for, I mean, that's only 30 percent, roughly 30 percent of emissions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other 70 is coming straight from military. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and got a lot of work to do we are um, not only do we produce larger than most but more than industry from all um, u.s production of iron and steel so iron mm. and steel production mm-hmm. doesn't even come close to carbon emissions from our military
0: which is wild because we use iron and steel for almost like so many things in our life right from like furniture
1: to cars to just creating the the weapons and the vehicles that they the use machinery yeah just
0: in like the military war. Mm-hmm.
1: we are creating more emissions to this
0: microphone that we're talking into like all literally everything
1: yeah um and just so you know we spend over seven hundred billion dollars every year on mm-hmm. uh, military force on defense um, and that was the requested budget in twenty twenty and we all know especially over the past few months, that mm-hmm. that budget has increased ex- yeah. exceptionally. Um, and so uh, when we talk about where our dollars are going, mm-hmm. what we support, what's most important. What um, our representatives are prioritizing. Totally. How can we even validate this when we're spending way more on this than housing, way more than this on he- than healthcare, and we know why people are unhealthy, mm-hmm. you know? You have asthma, and if you're going to tell me it has nothing to do with to carbon that. emissions? We are contributing to mm-hmm. it, 100. So especially for folks that have a lot of this, c- like, s- like right, like war
0: contamination, like in their backyards, right? Like people, especially like in Louisiana, people in like Arizona and New Mexico, you know, like they feel good, like especially like some of the worst of the problems.
1: Yeah, and like I mentioned, Camp Grayling. This Mm -hmm. is right in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And how many people didn't know this until what, Eagle has to come through and do testing. Mm -hmm. And there's just no way that the military didn't know that there was PFAS in the the product they're using to put out fires.
0: It's like, are you sure you didn't know? Well,
1: I mean, it's just, I guess... When we talk about safety and defense mm-hmm. for our people, who are they defending? Who are they, who are they making safe? Mm-hmm. What methods are they using to truly bring that to us? Yeah. Because when I think about what I'm facing every single day, mm-hmm. it is the ability to be impacted by my air quality and my environment. It is about where my food is coming from and yeah. whether or not like that the food the soil is going to yeah. It is about me having every single dollar that I need to take care of myself Mm -hmm. instead of my taxes going towards something like that's killing you literally (laughs) or someone destroying my air quality Mm -hmm. and destroying somebody's life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I can't say enough how tough it is to hear these things, Mm -hmm. but I think for as long as we don't have the understanding that it's not just actually people dying, it it's is truly like the background of why our inv- our climate is changing and why we won't be able to go forward in the future mm-hmm. with this type of behavior
0: and people think is a big deal but you know we're all in like you know we're all part of the system right like we're all living under the same sky we're all living on the same earth yeah so if there's like air pollution in one place you bet your butt it's gonna like blow somewhere else right like things won't just stay contained if we're not separate, a certain area it. gets contaminated. Like that seeps to the ground into, like you know, the groundwater, and that seeps into other areas. Like you know, like all of these damages like spread over time and just continue to wreak havoc on our ecosystems, which are already super fragile because of anthropogenic climate change.
1: Yeah, and and so sometimes it's not even about like standing with X, Y, Z. Although it's important to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, It's sometimes about standing against the concept of war itself. We cannot, as a country, continue to invest millions and billions of dollars into these things Mm -hmm. when we actively know that it is destroying our planet, Mm -hmm. both in spirit and in quality. Yeah,
0: 100%. Um, So, like I said before, I did do a little bit of research for this episode. Can I share with you some not so happy history Girl, of we've war we've literally been doing f- this
1: r- the whole time <laughs> Just start, we're talking about what we've looked up like let's hear it
0: um, so I was looking at just ways that war has been kind of intersecting with climate since times immemorial um, and I was looking at like how now the reason why it's like so much more important for us to really question war is also is because like we used to, like war has never been harmless right but the amount of war, like the amount of damage that war used to do um, before we had a lot of this, like technology that we have now, wasn't as, like, long-lasting or significant, as significant, or even like as big as far as like the square mileage, right? Yeah. Um, as Quantity. some of the things that we could do now. So, um, since times of memorial, people who fight each other have used this strategy called scorched earth policy. This term was coined in 1937, but you know it's been used since forever and ever. According to Wikipedia, scorched earth is a process of destroying everything that allows an enemy to be able to fight a war, including water, food, humans, animals, plants, and literally any tools and infrastructure they find. So they're basically just leaving this like swath of just you know waste and destruction. A destroyed, yeah, destruction behind them or yeah.
1: before them. Um, and and that is to to um, weaken their enemy. yeah to weaken
0: our enemy to strip them of resources um and so this tactic was actually banned by the geneva conventions in 1977
1: because of how destructive this tactic was because you were mentioning it's not just destructive to the people Mm -hmm. in that area Mm -hmm. but the land and the ability for it to regenerate later Mm -hmm. right like you just totally wipe out the ability for anything to live there yeah and actually, like famously, like in Russia,
0: this was actually used by a lot of like retreating, not just armies, but also civilians. Um, but as civilians would kind of escape on, you know, an incoming army, that would also burn down their own cities and leave nothing to the enemy. Um, which, you know, like in a way it's like, damn, but also it sucks, right? Because they're destroying even like their own environment just to be like F you.
1: Yeah. And so it's, it's this like every action that's going to be rooted in this hate and this fear and this mm-hmm. destruction, or I guess it will lead to destruction mm-hmm. always, no matter what.
0: Exactly. Um, but as I mentioned before, like the fact that we have made a lot of technico- technological advancements and be, be sure, you know, but we are always making technological advances when it comes to war. Actually, like for the most part, a lot of the tech advances that we have are, are usually for, of- Because of, yeah, like Like military or GPS. Yeah, GPS, uh, sonar, um, like a lot of the communication tech that we have, Mm -hmm. a lot of just like literally so much of our technology was derived for military use first before being released to civilians. So, as much as we can be grateful for the tech that we have that makes our lives easier, it's also important to imagine how much that has really affected the scope of the damage that we cause, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh so, so for example, and I won't go into like a full history lesson, but in the past uh warring countries have employed things such as um chemical weapons. So some of us have heard of nerve gas. Um and that it does kill people, but it doesn't it's not like if if I bomb an area with nerve gas because I want to take some people out like any deer or like i don't know foxes or critters around are not like magically immune to it right like they're gonna die too
1: we literally have the same systems Mm -hmm. it all works the same we are the same as trees like we're one of nature Mm -hmm. so if if it will kill people it will definitely kill everything else yeah so that will take out other
0: vertebrates and invertebrates um so you just basically kind of just create this like a lifeless area right um uh, for Agent Orange, it's also used against people, but it's, like, technically also, like, a herbicide. So that, you know, obviously, like, wrecks havoc on, like, the local flora and fauna. And if there's no plants, there's no animals. And if there's no plants and animals, then for the most part, there's no people either. Um, so, like, those are, c- are a couple of examples. But also, like, Erica was mentioning earlier, nuclear testing and nuclear warfare. Yeah. So, like, nuclear testing, like, we do that kind of, like, within our own borders, Um, and that's had a lot of like lasting effects you guys are welcome to kind of google that Um, but just look up nuclear testing in the u.s nuclear warfare um, you'll find that despite like beyond just like the immediate damage right of just like destroying everything in its path there's always just we're always left with radiation um, uranium poisoning a lot of long lasting damage and that usually those areas just remain barren and like you, people can't be there, you know?
1: And, and something I really want to touch on while we're talking about this this is such a good point. Mm-hmm. So, when you destroy the soil in mm-hmm. the area and then it rains, that water run that goes, that si- sinks now into the ground, pours in the water. Mm-hmm. It runs all down, it spreads out into the area, mm-hmm. it evaporates into the air and into our ecosystem. Mm-hmm so you cannot really separate yourself from where the stream runs yeah and streams go everywhere and which is why it's so important to not contaminate the surface ground water Mm -hmm. that's the 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 ground around where people well their Mm -hmm. water Mm -hmm. Um, and even if it's within certain miles radius we've heard of issues with like organic farms being Mm -hmm. impacted by the pesticides down the street Mm -hmm. or you know miles away Mm -hmm. and it's the same exact concept you can't even just say that it's left to this one area when the cycles of nature are going to pick that up and Mm -hmm. just put it everywhere
0: yeah and the thing is like water on our planet is like constantly being reused and recycled right so the water in in my body (laughs) the water that i drink was once upon a time like Drank by a dinosaur, peed by a dinosaur, and it just gets reabsorbed back <laughs> into the hydrosphere. Nancy had to say that. Look up the water cycle. Um, so, <laughs>
1: peed by a dinosaur, you know, maybe puked. I don't know their life, um, but it's true. It came from somewhere. Yeah,
0: but all you know, all the water in our atmosphere stays here, and it just gets like reused and recycled all the time. But because of the water cycle, like any water that gets. Um, contaminated has the potential to spread it because you know it evaporates and then next thing you know it's a cloud and next thing you know it's rain, and it's raining on some other area right yes evaporation
1: does not have boundaries no condensation does not have boundaries yeah it goes where it wants to so it's i guess i just wanted to kind of cut in and say like that it doesn't just impact that land specifically Mm -hmm. It, it has so much further repercussion
0: exactly um, and then, as Erica was mentioning before, like the. M- we're focusing on the mil- US military because it's the one that we know most about, and also the one that, as citizens, we have the most responsibility for.
1: But also the largest and. Also the largest in the world, kind of One of yeah. the highest spending and emissions in the world.
0: Embarrassing. Um, but there's like an incredible amount of fossil fuel use, right? Um, so, like jet fuel, like. Um, diesel, everything that they use to really just work, like, their tanks, their planes, um, how they're powering their buildings, like, all that stuff. Like, their carbon footprint is humongous. Um, Erica found this really cool graph online. Um, the study that was conducted by Watson Brown University, it looks like. Um, but, oh, that's a big number. I don't know how to say it aloud. Okay, it's in British Thermal Units. So, US civilians used less than hundred thousand trillion thermal units of jet fuel. Meanwhile, the United States used four
1: hundred trillion
0: British thermal units.
1: Did I read that right? You did not. Oh shoot. So it's numbers the, are confusing. So the civilian agencies, US uh. civilian agencies were that smaller portion. And mm-hmm. what we can do the is sliver. we can just we'll put a picture of this graph. We can link it um, on our link tree exactly um, and and so what it's saying is pretty much for jet fuel use for the Department of Defense, it is more than any amount that we are using in vehicles and equipment and facilities mm-hmm. for u s civilian agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I you'll have to see this graph in order to be able to read it. But we will link it. Uh, we will link it. But it, it's essentially, it's showing the amount of emissions by just their general practice and use. Mm-hmm. And uh, jet fuel by far completely um, overpowers any amount of F- fuel use that we have in our country. Exactly. Which is why they account for 70
0: to 80%. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, we are notorious for using, like, the literally the least fuel efficient machines we could find. So, um, for example, some of the 60,000 Humvees remaining in the U.S. Army fleet get only between four to eight miles per gallon of diesel. Like, for comparison, my car average is around 16 to 22 miles per gallon it's a little bit better not the best because it is an suv although she is hybrid but, but when
1: we're talking about what we see for how to make t- climate change you know better how to mm. slow the climate from changing mm. um we always talk about how we can reduce our own but own carbon footprint and you and i have mm. even talked to people about how they can reduce their own yeah so even if i completely cut my emissions out mm-hmm what does that touch for what we're doing outside of people in general, and just 1.4 million people who are serving in yeah. military and de- in defense? Mm-hmm. And it's really more about the movement, right? Like, because if
0: five of us do it, nothing happens, nobody cares. But if like maybe a third of the population shifts her habits, yes,
1: then we got some power, right? Well, and we do, but I guess to my to my point we mm-hmm. have to do more than just shift our individual yeah because we have to it,
0: ask our government to be more accountable
1: yeah and we have to stop doing things like supporting the spending that we have mm-hmm. in military and defense mm-hmm. because if we don't stop that then they're still going to destroy our planet with their practices yep. undoubtedly yeah. Even if we all stop driving today. Even if we all go
0: zero (laughs) waste in the next 24 hours.
1: They they still have to be a huge part of the solution. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's a really, really big one. Um, Other than fossil fuel use, where there's obviously just physical damage from Mm -hmm. bombing, uh, destruction of buildings, which, you know, it took a carbon footprint to get it there. Right. It's going to take another carbon footprint to remanufacture those materials to rebuild that building.
1: Where does the waste go?
0: Where does the waste go? And, like, a lot of uh, war waste actually gets incinerated. So that's further carcinogens that are getting released into the air and, like, left in the soil uh, in ashes, right? So it's really depressing. Um. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> we uh, Yeah, we're sorry. But, you know, to be fair, though, it's been kind of... It hasn't been a depressing week as far as, like, personal life. But it's been a depressing week. It has week
1: been depressing week.
0: As far as, like, world, right? Like, the world is grieving. The world is, some people are angry. Some people are literally just in this sea of grief.
1: Like yeah, and, and a lot and of stuff. people feel helpless. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are starting to feel hopeless. And that's such a hard space to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, how do you separate but then also, how do you not keep yourself so separated that you don't know what's going on? Exactly.
0: Um, other than destroying like, human infrastructure, bombing and other methods of modern warfare will directly harm wildlife and just like you know, local biodiversity like plants and animals and all that. Um, the collateral damage of conflict can kill up to 90 percent of large animals in an area. So think about how many endangered animals we already have on the endangered species list mm-hmm. and think about how many less there are when we're continually bombing their freaking environments and, and again I just food read that from supply, global citizen mm-hmm.
1: things like that I mean mm-hmm. and they all have rights animals have rights yeah exactly. plants and the actual ground itself has rights
0: as much as we pretend like they do don't but they do and um to erica's point too um like not only does the us dod uh, um have such a large carbon footprint and like rank like not only does our military rank like 47th if it were its own country as far as carbon emissions go but it is also the single institutional largest institutional consumer of oil
2: so and, and one of the world's oh top greenhouse
1: and, and why do we have wars like what was our whole entire war in Afghanistan and Iraq about it was about getting oil and resource and, and why like, do they, they need we it
0: because we're like oh so we can keep
1: we literally need it, it for military defense mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we are going into other countries and spaces we are interfering with these other conflicts mm-hmm. because we want resource. And, and the reality is for every bomb you drop, you drop resources. You yep. cannot have a sustainable space if you destroy it. Mm-hmm. You only need more fuel if you fly more jets. Yeah, You only need more fuel if you have to power more buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't really actually make any fucking sense Agree. because we are fighting to get something that we wouldn't need if we weren't fighting everybody
0: yes like if we were let's say that this resource was potatoes and you had potatoes and i have potatoes but i want your potatoes so i'm gonna fight you with my potatoes to get more of your potatoes you're throwing
1: potatoes at me to take your potatoes so you can take my potatoes that is almost exactly what you you have a potato gun
0: i have a potato gun
1: and you're hitting me with the gun. And
0: I'm like, giving you your goddamn potatoes. So you can
1: come take mine. Yes. So that you can go literally shoot more people with potatoes.
0: And then take their potatoes. You're not so even eating So that could have them. more potatoes. At this point, you're not even eating them. No, they are I'm just, just throwing, weapons. I'm just continually using them to hit more people to get more potatoes.
1: And that's also the reality, right? Like, we could be using the, our relationships with people, mm-hmm. our resources. We could be using the land that we want to destroy and take from people to feed people, mm-hmm. to house them to give them health and in green spaces and diversity and war does not do any one of those things.
0: No, actually if anything it actually exacerbates a lot of that conflict because it makes vulnerable populations even more vulnerable. Exactly. Cuz like say the people in Gaza, they are already a vulnerable population, right? But now that their literal air, like land is being destroyed they've become even more vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that's been repeated throughout history. Like, it's not just here and just now, but literally it's been, like, a pattern of war. Yes. That we just, the lo- like, the people that are the ones that we should be extending a hand to are the ones that are a lot of times are the ones we're also just
1: kicking down. And I think it's time that we recognize... Um, the unfortunate privilege that we have in this country, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't conceptualize what is happening to the people in Gaza and of Palestine right now mm-hmm. because we have such a large defense. Yeah. We we are fighting our own little war inside mm-hmm. of our country, you know, just as people trying to survive, but nobody is going to come here. And do what they're doing right now, yeah, in Gaza. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to do that to us, yeah, because of the amount of money that we invest in keeping everybody afraid of us, mm-hmm. and and that's such a privilege for us to be able to separate from what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also Great. so icky that we can use that to feel m- more powerful, yeah, and and to feel like we're we're up we're out here we're winning right mm-hmm. we're doing what's right yeah um and we could we will never be in that situation so how can we say that that's what's right exactly um and and again i know i I will continue to say that this is a lot to talk about like maybe we should just give a let's record a trigger warning at the end <laughs> um that's a good idea but it is you know no matter what you think um about what's going on no matter what your opinion is Mm -hmm. it's not going to benefit your pocket your breathing air your safety your children's future it does not make anybody here any more safe
0: no the main thing amx was like less safe um but there's a little bit of hope right because we do have the technology to anticipate some risks, um we can mitigate some of these some mm-hmm. of the consequences that are kind of coming up. Um, the main problem is that we're not working fast enough, right like we're not shifting the political will quick enough. we're not spreading education about the reality of not just climate change but like you know all the different puzzle pieces that go into that mm-hmm. quick enough um and we're not working on adaptation quick enough. We're not working on, adi- on mitigation quick enough. But the good thing is that we are
1: doing some stuff, and it gives opportunity for us to create a better world. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, uh, the bar is kind of low. Bar is a little spring. Like Nancy likes to say, uh, they took, took the bar and buried it. <laughs> <laughs> they took a bar. They took the bar, dug a hole, and then buried it deeper. <laughs> Um, so it is pretty low so that means we can come way way up from it that yeah. means we can choose in every bit of our lives today mm-hmm. to have the hard conversations yeah to vote completely against these things and mm-hmm. make sure that our uh, officials who we elect know that we don't want our dollars going toward war even if simply it's to save the planet from climate change yeah N- you know no matter what angle you want to take um it would be most effective for us to h- live in more peace mm-hmm. to live in harmony with each other to respect the space not just each other but the land that it's on yeah um and and there is a lot of hope um i am beside myself with everything that's happened this week mm-hmm. um it's heavy it's so heavy, and i I just could not again conceptualize what it might be like to feel that way and I don't think anybody should have to even have it in an imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can do is imagine a better world. we can take those imaginations and turn them into dreams, and those dreams can become realities. Mm-hmm um and it's just awareness that if we talk about it being okay um then we got to talk about what it means for our planet right
2: yeah
0: you know what just came into my head right now i want to hear it nance you know how when you know i don't know hopefully i don't know if you had this same experience when you were a kid but do you remember just like a lot of kids just being like i want to be a president when i grow up mm-hmm. i don't hear that nowadays
1: <laughs> they're like Mm-hmm so about that firefighter
0: (laughs) (laughs) but like the thing is like a lot of kids have kind of lost interest in like running for office and the thing is like being a leader Mm -hmm. um but the thing is like we do need just younger savvier people running for office and does not have to be for president but you could be a republican a senator like just any kind of like Uh, Even just like within your own city government, you could be a commissioner. Um, A lot of these places are actually have a really relatively easy just like entryway for starting out. Um, You could maybe even join like the school board for your local school district, which for us would be GRPS, and they try to increase the sustainability of GRPS.
1: Well, and also what you can do is vote in the primaries, Mm -hmm. right? The primaries are coming up. November seventh, mark it on your calendar. Mark it on your calendar. It's always a Tuesday, Mm -hmm. Um, but this is going to set us up for who we get to vote for next year. You know that's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. If we don't have great options, we're going to be left to you know who and you know who, (laughs) Trump and Biden. And honestly, I'm not feeling. We're not feeling. (laughs) Well we can clearly do a lot better right yes. our bar is low mm-hmm. and if we don't invest in making decisions the bar stays where it is mm-hmm. so like the, the, this is a time for you to use your voice if you don't like what's happening right now with our military then go uh, vote
0: go vote go right to your people go call your people Go become the people. Yes.
1: Run for office. Y'all see France? <laughs> uh France doesn't like something. They are literally like, hey, we don't like this. Everybody gets on In the, the streets. streets and they're like, you're not going to do this to our country. Mm-hmm. We have the capability. Um, we have so much more capability when we do it together. Yeah. So I'm just really hopeful for that. I hope that this episode touches people not in only their empathetic and sympathetic spaces, but, like, empathize with yourself. Also, like,
0: yeah, and, like, also we can use logic, right? And be like, hey, like, obviously what we're doing now isn't working, so why don't we change what we're doing?
1: Yeah, obviously what we're doing right now is not making people feel any better. Mm -hmm. So let's shift in it completely. Um, And... I'm just, my heart goes out to anybody who has a family member or people from honestly both spaces, Mm -hmm. um, both Israel and Palestine. I really hope that this becomes something of resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, I really hope that we see, really reflect on our actions, Mm -hmm. um, you you just can't justify some stuff. Yeah. So with that, our last episode <laughs> of <laughs> Green See Rapids next season. It just we had to. We couldn't yeah. not have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, how about we all work our hardest to give Green Rapids a better ending <laughs> for our next season?
0: Okay. We do want to end on a lighter note. So as a recap to our goodbye summer episode. We want to remind you that we will be having a couple of kind of climate cafe sessions uh yeah. some of these will be just us erica and myself some of them might be in collaboration with um some uh, other
1: people who work in climate justice other people who work in
0: climate justice who yeah. are also kind of trying to do a little climate cafe situation so we would love to see you there and just you know just have a space to vent you know like just pour your heart out to each other um because we're not alone in this right and like it could feel very lonely and very like stuck and like mm-hmm. you said helpless kind of just being a citizen and not knowing like what to do but we can talk to each other we can be there for each other
1: at the end of the day that's what community is absolutely mm-hmm. it really is we will continue to stay active we'll continue to give you um, content just in a different way for a bit. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you so much for sticking with us. It's and been like 15. We months. will start
0: like off on a positive note this next season. We promise.
1: <laughs> we will try our artists. No, I don't think that we've been negative. I think that we've been very real And I would like to continue. Real is just heavy right now. Yeah. But real is heavy right now. And I would just love for March Mm -hmm. to look a lot less heavy. Yes. Right? Like, let's spring back into it and let's highlight some really
2: awesome stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye, guys, for now.